Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If it's not in our best interest, it's not in his either. And he's going to speak up about it. This is The Roy Green Show. hard and in the end we'll all get along but they understand and you know they're trying to act like well we fought with you in the wars with they don't mention the fact that they have trade barriers against our farmers they don't mention the fact that they're charging almost 300 percent tariffs when it all straightens out we'll all be in love again and i i sort of what we said last hour it's uh it, it's a tumult now T-U-M-U-L-T, a tumult. I like that word now. But it will straighten itself out. There's the, there's always the chance that it may not, in which case it could get really ugly. And uh, in which case you may just want to have a look and see what happened in the early 30s when a trade war broke out internationally and uh, how that extended the Great Depression. So there was Mr. Trump saying things are going to be okay. Here's Mr. Trudeau. I don't want to hurt American workers. They're our neighbors. They're our friends. But my job is to stand up for Canadian workers, Canadian interests, and I will do that without flinching. So there, yes, how can we lose? We have uh, Mr. Trudeau on our side, and Mr. Trump says we're all going to be in love again. It's just a spat. Uh, and I'll go back to uh, what I said earlier on the show. I looked at these tweets, and really, um, Donald Trump said that um, uh, Justin's false statements, and then said U.S. Let's see what he very honest and and dishonest and weak. Really, I mean, it may be tough diplomatic language, but on the streets where I grew up, that wouldn't even get you into a scrape. Catherine Swift is with us. I, uh, I always like to go to people who know how to settle me down. When I, when I can't see the horizon anymore, I have to call people who can see it and understand it and know what ha- happens between here and there. And Catherine certainly is one of those few people, the former CEO and president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, now workingcanadians.ca. She's an economist, and she understands politics very, very well, having worked with all sorts of political characters in this country for quite a few years. Catherine, your perspective of the spat between Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Trump and Mr. Trump tweeting from Air Force One. Well, I, it was, I do want to believe it was a spat. Uh, there's a fair bit of unpredictability coming from uh, the President of the United States right now, so I don't, you know, I think everyone's crystal ball can be a little mucky. I did, however, think that it wasn't for, for Trudeau to go and have a press conference after Trump had left and, and said some derogatory things, I didn't think that was, you know, the smartest 
the smartest thing to do. Also, for Trump to be tweeting, I also didn't think was the smartest thing to do. Uh, there was all kinds of, I, I mean, I'm, I've been sort of reading about this, uh, you know, this morning and stuff, and I've been listening to the show too, Roy, for the last hour, and there's all kinds of kind of weird, weird references. There's U.S. people saying, well, Trudeau's doing this to undermine Trump in North Korea, and I'm thinking, come on, you know, this, this kind of stuff is just wacky. Trump is talking about auto, autos, the sacrosanct auto industry, and, and throwing tariffs there, and boy, that could really mess stuff up. I mean, so I guess on the one hand, oh, here I'm being an economist on the one hand, on the other hand, on the, on the one hand, uh, I'd like to think it was a spat and that there's always been a little bit of, you know, saber rattling in any of these negotiations and whatnot. But on the other hand, if something does go bad, uh, it will be very, very, very bad for Canada. So I don't think we can sort of gloss it over and, and say, oh, no biggie here. You know, everybody had a few little, you know, a few little hot words for each other, but that was it. Because for Canada in particular, and, and of course there's impacts on the U.S., but we know who the big dog is in these negotiations, and it isn't Canada. So we, we do have to, I think, be a little more cagey. The other thing, too, that I think we should sort of keep in mind is that Trudeau's only just over a year away from an election. So there's going to be a lot of, we're going to see a lot of stuff in the next little while that is way more geared to being reelected in the federal election of 2019 than perhaps necessarily being good for Canada. That's unfortunate because we had this huge negotiation underway at a time when we have political reality. And as you know, Mexico's election is, is in July. Mm-hmm. And they're so, definitely so going frankly, socialist. You know, there's not going to be any substantive movement on a three-country deal in the next little while, purely because of Mexican politics. You know, so it's, you know, it's you a know, big mess. Catherine, we we know Donald Trump's been saying for some time, he's been sending signals for some time that what he would prefer is a bilateral agreement between yep. Canada and the United States, and then if they're going to work something out with Mexico, they'll do that separately. But what he wants is a bilateral agreement between Canada and the United States, and that does not fit the agenda of Mr. Trudeau, and it doesn't fit the agenda of at least four of the other six who were at the uh, G7 note for the last two days. Yeah, and I also, I also don't think that's the best outcome. Uh, that would be a, a sort of a last-ditch uh, resort on the part of Canada to save something, in my view. Um, for many, many industries, and for consumers, let's not forget, you know, we talk about industries and jobs and stuff, but free trade in general has been so beneficial to consumers, and not just NAFTA, but, you know, global agreements and so on. So very beneficial to, to consumers. And, and any disruption of that will be very harmful for consumers. If the President so, of the United States says, that's what I want, and he's going to be around until 2024, well, if he says, that's what I want, and he insists on that, with an election coming up, as you pointed out, in a year's time, that, is, that doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room for us. <laughs> No, it doesn't. And, and like I say, as opposed to nothing, uh, I don't think we should be totally, you know, unreceptive to that. But it's not ideal. It's not. We, we did have an FTA with the U.S., as you may recall, yes, for a number I of do. years. And then the powers that be thought it was more sensible to have the three country. And I, I agree. That's the that was the better, uh, you know, so the, the better outcome. But, yeah, there's so many balls in the air right now, too. There's, there's so much posturing, but yeah. very real economic stakes, very real jobs, and Canada will be the one to suffer the most, no question. You know, for us who are just responding to what happened 
over the last 24 hours, and they're hearing so many different points of view and absorbing so many different opinions, it becomes almost impossible to keep a focus on the big picture. So I was saying to a caller earlier, we, we, we can't see the horizon. We become so narrow-focused that we go back to our most favorite, most comfortable argument, and that in this country may be, certainly among people who call this program on a regular basis, is that there's a lot of criticism of the prime minister of this country, and he's earned it. He has justifiably earned it. So that's the fallback position. If you don't really, if you can't focus on what's going on, and it's tough to do that, then you go back to the fallback position, which may or may not be appropriate. Let me read you an email that I received. And this is, the, this is in, in the vein of what I'm seeing and have seen over the last hour and a half. Hi, Roy. This is from Mike. I watched Stephen Harper on Fox News this morning and was reminded what it was like to have an adult as prime minister. If Mr. Harper was still the leader of Canada, this trade dispute would have been resolved months ago. Trudeau was in his absolute glory at the G7 announcing the World Education of Women program appearing virtuous with his social justice agenda is much more important to him than this meat and potatoes issue like trade and tariffs. That's right or wrong. That's sort of the, that's the middle ground of the uh, middle position of the emails that I'm seeing. Uh, and, and frankly, I think it, it was a, quite an astute observation. Uh, uh, the, the, when I first saw that this G7 priority was going to be gender issues, and I'm not underestimating gender issues in the big picture, but when we've got a super crucial trade deal on the line right now for Canada, we're hosting this thing, so we get to you know have a little more input into what the agenda is, to put that as the top priority? No, no, I'm sorry. That just doesn't make sense. And don't think, and, and knowing Trump as we have sort of gotten to know Trump, putting so, some of that social justice stuff front and center, you know you're going to antagonize the guy. I mean, was it meant to antagonize him? you you, you got to wonder, because he, you know he's not, he's not going to view that stuff very favorably. So and you know that I don't he, think that was sensible. You know, I Catherine, really he, he noted the fact that Justin Trudeau was in Meet the Press with Chuck Todd because he said, you know, they go on talking about how our troops have fought shoulder to shoulder for so many years. So clearly he was tuned into what Justin said, uh, Justin Trudeau said to Chuck Todd, who is definitely an anti-Trumper. And he's been sitting and waiting to fire back. And we know that uh, Donald Trump will use his Twitter account to say what he wants to say or get at what he wants to get at, like it or not. He doesn't care. No, he just no, that's doesn't care. But, but also, Trudeau's taken more pot shots at Trump than just on that interview. I mean, that was a notable example because there was, as you say, a journalist that was clearly anti-Trump, so he was playing into that, you know, that, that whole narrative. Well, they chose that program. Oh, the, no, the, the, no, Trudeau, no, no, the Trudeau no, gang chose the program. That wasn't the only instance where he's taken this kind of pot shots. There have been a number of them. Columbia University. Of course Trump and his staff are going to know that. They're going to find out about that. And I, I mean, again, of course, of course you defend Canada's interests, but the way you do it is really important. And I don't think taking pot shots at Trump, and some of them are deserved, but taking pot shots like that, it's kind of, I, I thought today when I was reading Trump's tweets and hearing Trudeau, I thought, are you two little boys in the schoolyard here, mm. you know, trying to punch each other out or something? It just sounded childish and silly. And, uh, and I just don't think that's really appropriate when you're negotiating something that's hugely important economically. Let, me ask, you, a lot of people's let me ask you one more question. If you could go back to just before the G7 began, you could go to the day before, and you looked at the players and you thought about who was there and what's happened over the last couple of weeks, what's going on with the tariffs issue, how the European Union and the European community has reacted. It was almost predictable 
that something was going to go seriously off the rails by the time Saturday evening rolled around? Oh, I think you're right, because, uh, of course, Trump's tariffs were also directed at the EU, so they were feeling aggrieved as well. And they're much more on, on track with the whole so- social justice thing and so on than the U.S. is right now. So, yeah, I think you're right. It was probably inevitable. Uh, why, but why, I guess why make it worse than it had to be? I don't mm-hmm. know that it had to be worse. Was Trump planning to leave early from the get-go? I don't know the answer to that question. Maybe he was. I think but, so. Because uh, he had you know, to get I, to I Singapore. I don't think that, that kind of schoolyard banter was necessary in such an important uh, meeting. By the time uh, the meetings with Kim Jong-un are over, or almost over, or by the time they start, this story is going to be on the back pages. Well, you're probably right, because that's such a huge, <laughs> that is a huge deal. Oh, it is. If, if, if that happens successfully. Um, but for Canada, though, this is too important an issue. It, it won't be, like you say, it won't be the headline one in the press, but it's going to be on a lot of Canadians' minds as to how we're going to, you know, skin this cat, this whole trade deal, get it yeah. back on track, because yeah. yeah. it is so important to our keep the Keep the communications going. Keep the communi- communications Absolutely. flowing. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks Thank for the you, time. Roy. Take care. Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca, former CEO and president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business.